Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. I knew that. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all of the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a, a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I've got a real treat for you today. My special guest is Mr. Jeff McManus. Uh, Jeff is the author of Growing Weeders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. That's right, Jeff grows things. He's the Director of Landscape Services at the University of Mississippi. He grows plants, he grows people, he grows ideas, and he truly has an entertaining and excellent book uh, that talks about how he had to go about uh, approaching a multi-million dollar landscaping project. Uh, Jeff knew that people were just as critical as growing plants, and uh, he affectionately calls his employees weeders, thus the name of the book, Growing Weeders into Leaders. So uh, join me in welcoming Jeff to the Manager Mojo Show. Jeff, welcome. Glad to have you here today. Steve, thank you so much. I'm honored to be with you. Well, it, the honor's all ours, and we're looking forward to, to hearing more uh, about your book. But before we do, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Well, Steve, my wife and I have taken on the project of renovating our bathrooms in our house. Oh my! So, yeah, we're uh, we're actually using the guest bathroom now, sir. And uh, so it's been a project for about three months now. We uh, seem to be running at a real snail's pace, but we're we're having a lot of fun, and it's, it's looking really good. We're getting toward the end now. Well, that's wonderful, and uh, I'm glad it's you doing that instead of me, Jeff, because I don't think that I'd ever three months would turn into three years. So I'm just going to let uh, you guys do that. Uh, Jeff, we're so glad to have you here. And uh, for my listeners, uh, I, I just want to say that uh, my wife Cindy and I have actually recently been on the campus at the University of Mississippi. 
And you owe it to yourself. If you have never visited the University of Mississippi, you have to actually go there, make a point of it, and you can see the amazing work that Jeff and his team have done. Uh, Jeff, without a doubt, uh, we travel all over the country, and I can tell you that uh, the campus at the University of Mississippi is truly beautiful and is absolutely uh, at the very top that I've seen anywhere in the country. So congratulations, first of all, to you and your team for really just making it a beautiful, beautiful campus. Well, thank you, Steve. As you know, I have very little to do with it. It's just it's fun to watch our team excel and, our, of course, our bosses provide uh, the, the lead way to get all that done. So I'm, I'm happy to be just a very small part of it. And it, it is a, it is a, a labor of love, as they say, because there's plenty of labor here to do. So we, <laughs> we truly enjoy that. Well, I, I can imagine that. And uh, listeners just know that uh, Jeff and his team have been uh, nationally recognized by Princeton uh, Review, PGMS, Newsweek, and every person that's ever stepped foot on that campus. Uh, it's truly amazing. Uh, but Jeff, uh, in taking over this project, you really uh, just had to implement a lot of leadership and management lessons. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about what you learned and what caused you to write this book called Growing Weeders into Leaders? Well, Steve, just, just like a lot of your listeners, I had some challenges ahead. And, and my challenges probably uh, weren't much more unique than anyone else's, uh, having people who one, didn't want you to be there, didn't want you to be their boss, and didn't like you, and uh, didn't really want to work. And those were that's kind of what I walked into, and a boss who was expecting for us to be one of the best campuses and had a high expectation. It was, it was, a, great, it was a great recipe for disaster, and so I had to be a quick learner. But I, I had his full support. Uh, in a school system, though, you can't just come in and just start firing people because they don't like you or don't agree with you and so what i had to do is build the trust earn their trust and try to build this program together that we could do something unique and special with a purpose more than just landscaping right we could do more we could re help recruit some of these top uh, potential students who could go on and cure cancer uh, go on and run nasa go on and write great novels and we'd be a small part of that so casting that vision of doing something greater than ourselves. And then also, Steve, making sure they knew that their role was very, very important to the big picture, that they weren't just an hourly employee uh, for a paycheck and a passion. I mean, you know, for, for, a, for a pension, we did want to share that passion, that we wanted to be the best of the best. We wanted to be one of the top universities in the campus as far as beautification and the way we did things. So that's, that's what I walked into. And and it took some time, just like it takes time to grow plants, it took time to grow our culture that we wanted and, and the type of uh, learning experiences that we wanted our staff to be a part of and grow in. And, you know, you talk about the book title, Growing Weeders. We were trying to change the mindset of a weeder, of a person who didn't, who wasn't fully engaged and develop them into a leader, whether they had a title or not. So. That's, that's where, where that title came from. Well, you, you know, I think every uh, leader has experienced times where they're trying to figure out how uh, to ch change the mindset of people. And, 
it, it's a very difficult thing. And I know you, you share in the book that uh, you had quite some challenges in really uh, approaching that. So tell us a little bit of the story about, you know, really how you had to go about uh, changing this idea that, you know, all I do is just cut grass and, and uh, take care of plants. Well, I guess the first part for me was was to cast the vision of, of where we were going. And we, we started talking about being one of the best of the best. I would talk about what Disney was to the resort business. That's what we wanted to be for the higher education business. We wanted to be one of the, one of the leaders, if not the premier leader in our industry. And then we started uh, taking people to other properties and, and sharing a little bit of, hey, well, this is what we could do. And so that they could visualize it. And we, we took them to training. We had sessions where we would talk about how to get buy-in and how to get uh, to build the trust and, and get people on board. And we spent time with our, with our staff and, and empowering them and training them and developing them and then trying to take away the barriers for them. Uh, just simple little things like they, they couldn't get their uniforms uh, corrected with a uniform company and just little things that I tried to do as a, as a boss or manager is to reach out and to the uniform company and try to get things resolved so that they, they felt good and they looked good. Uh, little things like that and not just that were easy to ignore, but tried to pay attention to the things that were important to them as well. So through that, we, uh, we slowly, we slowly uh, got the pendulum to swing, if you would, over to where people were more excited about coming here and being a part of something unique, and especially as they started getting kudos from from people such as yourself who were seeing the results on campus as well. Well, I, I can't imagine uh, anybody that walked on the campus that's just totally not blown away by the the beauty and the care that is obvious uh, that is being taken there. Uh, now I know as you, uh, you you talk about this in the book that you you didn't just stop with okay getting everybody to just do a good job. Uh, you developed a professional development plan uh, that you called Landscape University. So you didn't wait for others to teach. So share with us why you did that because I think that'll be very helpful for our audience. Well, I had to I had to figure out a way to create a system that we could get high standards that we could get the buy-in that we could get well-trained people without me having to do everything. And I, I knew this, this as we started looking at successful companies like Chick-fil-A and, and Disney and even how the U.S. military did things, there was a, a standard operating uh, procedure. There were, there were ways they did it. But then we, we started looking to see how they got that message to the masses. And, and we couldn't find that in our industry. We could not find anybody doing it. So we just went out and created it. And it took us about four years to create Landscape University and to, and to work with it. And now we teach others how to do it a lot quicker than what we did. But it, it's been a game changer for me. It's, it's, as we onboard new employees, it quickly gets them uh, into our culture of what our culture is the expectations, how they can win as an employee, be successful, and and then the, the standards what we adhere to, how the accountability works. It's not just accountability to your boss, but it's to each other. And those have been some organic type growth that we've done from the from the bottom up in our organization. Let our staff 
participate in developing the classes that we teach so that they're not just classes, they're their classes. There's everybody classes, and they've got a little ownership in that. So uh, we, it's been a neat program. It's very different. And um, the people who have done it, gone out and, and done what we're, what we're teaching them, have come back with some really good results. I think it's wonderful, and I want to point out uh, to our listeners here that, that what Jeff did, he, he didn't just say, well, you know what, in our industry, we really don't have any resources, and we, we don't have any way to do this kind of development uh, and training. You actually went out and created it, and I think too many times that people in leadership positions use excuses instead of saying, okay, let me focus on my people and figure out what they need. Uh, well done on getting that created and now making it a part of your vision and uh, your onboarding process with your team. Uh, well, thank you. It's really, I really, I wish I could take all the credit, but I really, I really can't because <laughs> it, it just works so, as you know, it just works so much better when you can get the people around the table who actually do the work and, that that's how we kept from getting people pushing back and saying, "Hey, we're not going to do this training program." So we let them we let them participate and let them see how that it was going to uh, help them when they onboarded a new employee. How that new employee would quickly get up to speed and be able to help them work in the field and get you home safe at night too. And we you know we owe, we our employees we owe that to them is to train them so that they they are safe and do do a, a good job. I, I know you uh, You use many examples of how people, uh, when they began to participate in the job, uh, you, you didn't just dictate that everything be done. I, I love the example of trimming limbs off of trees uh, because I think that that says an awful lot about both safety and also creativity. Why don't you share what really happened uh, that you guys noticed and your team actually saw? Well, your listeners probably would think this is so simple. It doesn't. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, but our staff did not feel empowered that they could trim a limb that was hitting people in the head uh, when they walked by. They they had to wait to somebody to tell them to do it. And and I just I just felt like that is that is a reactive method, not a proactive. And, and, and in the landscape business, if you're waiting for people to tell you to do your to your work, you, you're gonna get way behind. The quality is going to be terrible. So we had to figure out a way that would empower them. But then I found out that they didn't really have the tools. They didn't have the right tools. So we just we started working with, hey, you know, an $80 tool can simply give them what they need. And, and we were able to do that. And, and then we trained them on how to prune properly. And when they started hearing the, the thank yous and the wows and hey boy that really is much better we can see across the grove now and all these compliments they were getting I, I think they just took a sense of pride and ownership in that and that's really not even an issue anymore as far as when they know when to prune and do little simple things that you and I might take for granted but but you know to their defense they were used to, to getting in trouble if they did things that, that they weren't told to do and we had to change that culture to be a, a culture of professionalism where professionals know what to do, when to do it, and, and how to do it. So we've worked hard on that. It's a constant daily aspect of continually training and developing our team. 
Well, I, I think that uh, the reason why I pointed out that example is because it does seem simple, but it's not. Uh, in, in business, oftentimes, those things that appear to be the simplest things don't get done simply because people are not empowered. And you have found a way to motivate and train your team. And most of all, you've empowered them to be able to do their jobs and to do it well. Uh, now, one thing that struck me is that uh, you apparently uh, have learned a lesson about how to value people uh, in this process. Uh, share with our listeners really what, what it means to value your team and, and how did you go about doing that? Well, the value, the value is in something I stumbled across as giving people uh, a voice, but also, uh, I guess the way it really started was is just some of my peak growing up was to, to shake hands with people, to look them in the eye, ask them how they're doing, uh, to truly listen, but to you know appreciate the fact that they're out there working every day. And don't think that I'm better than anybody on the team just because maybe uh, I, I'm the boss or I have a degree or whatever, but we're in this together. So that grew... Uh, in the sense that I started inviting our team into a uh, into our conference room in small groups, where we actually start started a class called Leader to Leader, and I look at everybody on our team as a leader, whether they have a title or not. And my job there was to facilitate conversation, to to talk about values, to talk about things that that we truly need, things like adaptability, how. To, how to adapt on the job, how to be committed. We might watch a TEDx talk or we might read a book or we might see some type of video and just talk about it. But my job was to get them to talk. And it was amazing as they talked, they heard themselves speak for the first time. They heard their own voice in front of their own uh, peers and telling why these things were important to them. That really helped turn on the light bulb for so many of our team and of, of our core values, the things that we believed in were very, very uh, similar or actually in alignment with each other, that we valued hard work, that we devalued being dependable and, and that you're, you're a person that you lead by example. So that, that was one of those areas where slowly giving people the opportunity to talk and, and give feedback and interact has truly uh, and it's different. It's really different. It's, uh, I don't see a lot of people doing it, but I'm, it has been an, an incredible uh, cultural change for us in our department. Well, uh, the reason you don't see a lot of people doing it is because, in my opinion, they're a little bit afraid of having real conversations with people. Uh, it's much easier just go tell them something to do. It, you're right. I mean, I remember the first time I did it, Steve, I was I was nervous and I was I was a, honestly afraid of what was going to happen. But I was so tired of the drama. We call them dramanators. And we were just <laughs> tired of, of the rumor mill. And I said, I've got it, Steve. I've got to try something different. I've got to be proactive. When you want to grow corn, you got to be you got to plant corn, Steve. And so if I wanted this environment where it was healthy. I needed to plant good, healthy seeds of the core values. So, you know, I would I would look for books and DVDs and things that would help us to talk about things that I was trying to plant in our culture. 
and I wanted a, a championship team. So one of the people I tapped into was John Maxwell. I tapped into some of his leadership training and 17 essential qualities of a team player. And, and it was amazing that as I started planting those seeds by using these materials, those, those seeds started growing and they got stronger that our culture began to actually push out the negativity and, and actually change some of the negativity to a much positive. So let me just say it in real plain terms. Some of our worst employees became some of our best employees. Some of, some of our employees made other decisions and left and went and worked other places. But overall, we have gotten very, very good and better because we're, we're a tighter, stronger team because of these, these values that we share and we talk about. Well, I, I think that uh, it's wonderful that you do share those values. It's obvious you do. Uh, one of the things that I loved uh, in the book is that you share uh, how you never wasted a moment to celebrate success. And in, in particular, when you guys got rewarded, uh, you, you, made a, it, you actually made an event out of success that you guys experienced. And I think it's important to talk about those things because I think most people think, well, okay, let's go get them a pizza or something out. But it's not a really a celebration the way it should be. So would you mind sharing what you guys did? Because I just found it to be very inspiring. Well, first of all, we like to define our wins. We like to know what our wins are so that we can celebrate them. And so we'll celebrate them in different ways. But, I mean, when we want to... Our, uh, I believe it was our fourth national championship. We call it our national award for being the most beautiful campus. We we just did a big surprise luncheon for them and invited some VIP guests to speak. And, and we didn't tell our team. We just told them, you don't want to miss this day. You don't <laughs> want to miss it at lunchtime. And, um, that, of course, it built some energy and some excitement. And, and we had them some little awards to give to them, some nice little trinkets for them to carry home. But, you know, it was just a, it was a special time that we could all have those experiences. And I learned that through those experiences, you help build your culture. You've got to have shared experiences to go together. And so that was just one of those unique times uh, that we did that. We, we try to do that in a smaller way on football games. We have seven home football games every, every week or every year here in the fall. And we have a lot of th- extra things we have to do. So we try to celebrate those with uh with food as well they're not as elaborate as that one first one i told you but just in appreciation but they all know you know why we're doing that well i i, I love it and uh i'm not gonna I, I want our listeners to get a copy of the book i won't share the whole story because i want them to go study it but when you celebrated these uh national championships uh, as you called it uh even in that well-planned event you had a real challenge that your team actually overcame. And I, I want you listeners, go get your copy of Jeff's book because I, I found the way they solved their challenge showed more about really what the, the team had grown to and the celebration had become than just an event that celebrated what they did. Uh, and, and I think that that's the, a lesson for us. I'm, I'm not going to spill that, Jeff. I want them to go get their own copy of the book to, to read that. So we're going to keep that between two of us. But it was really quite beautiful. Uh, and, and it shows how what people will do 
whenever they feel like they are a part of the decision-making process. Uh, now, Jeff, one other thing uh, that I do want to talk briefly about is that uh, most people would think, oh, running landscaping at a major university, they don't think about how much money, I mean, it's millions of dollars that are spent in order to, to uh, I mean, it's a, a real business within itself. Uh, but one thing that evolved to this, you actually developed your own landscape creed. I love this creed. Uh, where is that a part of your uh, training and onboarding that you give with people? Absolutely. Well, the creed came from a challenge. We had a, a, a speaker come in who was a former Green Beret, and he loved what we were doing with Landscape University and how we were developing people. He goes, but the one thing you guys are missing is a creed, a landscape creed. And I, I had no clue what he's talking about, but I said, okay. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I never forgot that he challenged us, but it took me years to finally um, have the courage and the, the, just to make the time that I went to our staff and we, we planned it for an hour and just said, hey, what do you guys want to be known for? And I'm telling you, Steve, I just had to sit down because these guys were coming up with so many great things and we were writing them down. And, and, and I sat down and they, they were just, they took over the writing process and they all these things, and we didn't even get in all the things that they wanted to be known for and who they are, who they feel like they are to this campus. But what you see now came from our staff. And as we're hiring people today, our staff are very much involved in the hiring process they will they will have the candidate look at that landscape creed and and they will ask him what does that mean to you tell me line by line what do those lines mean and i tell you it's a, it's neat because it deals with your core value we you know lead by example they want to, they want that candidate to tell them what does that mean and uh, they they're i'm telling you the last eight people we have hired have been eight home runs because awesome. we had you know, we've used frontline people. We've used the creed, and um, I've I've empowered them even more now. I'm in the I'm in the second round of the hiring process, and so it's just it's fun to watch. But every Monday, we say the landscape creed together, and and we talk about that it's not just creed; it's our creed. It came from us. I, I just love that. It's it's so awesome. And and for those of you that are listeners that are wondering. What is a creed? What is he talking about? Uh, I'm just going to read it real quickly for you so you know that this is what they say uh, each week. We lead by example, adapt and overcome, never stop training and growing, dedicate ourselves to professional integrity, serve with respect and pride, cultivate greatness, achieve quality results with an eye for detail, promote and provide a beautiful environment, excel through high standards and excellence within and then they say i am a landscape rebel now if you're not familiar the uh, university of mississippi is the old miss rebels so they are a, a landscape rebel I, i'll tell you jeff congratulations i thought it was brilliant and uh, i'm can i can only imagine how much it's going to help you uh, continue the culture that you have created uh, at, at the University of Mississippi. Well, thank you so much, Steve. It's been fun not only doing it here, but I want to see our industry uh, raise. And so I've been able to share this with other 
universities, even other landscape companies to help them get the confidence level up to raise our industry so that we create leaders and not weeders. Well, Jeff, this is not just a landscape uh, uh, idea. This can be in any technology company. It can be in any company in the country can utilize the information that you guys have developed and executed. So uh, congratulations on that. Uh, I know that many of our listeners are going to want to know how to connect with you. Jeff, why don't you share with them quickly how they can connect with you? Well, sure. I have a website. Love for to connect there, jeffmcmanus.com. And, of course, on social media, I'm out there as well. But my website's the easiest way to, to get a hold of me. Awesome. And uh, for those of you that are exercising or driving right now, we'll make sure to include a link in the post. So make sure you go check out Jeff's website. Now, Jeff, as we come to the conclusion today here at Manager Mojo, we, we really like to leave with a couple of action items that we can take. And some of the lessons that you've shared with us today are very important. But I, I'm interested in what two action items do you think that people should take away from today and begin to execute in their own management career? I think one is what's the one step you can do to empower your people? That's, that's very important. How can you get people excited about working with you? There's, there's all kind of ways to motivate people, but really intrinsic motivation. What's that one thing that you can do to help get your people excited about working with you? Awesome. Have you got a second one you want to throw out there? The second one is lead by example, or what we mm. say in our industry, weed by example. Right, you got to you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. I love you gotta it. Be willing, you got to be willing to get out of the office, walk around. You've got to you've got to interact and, and build relationships. It, and so, lead by example. I love that, Jeff. Those are two fabulous action items. Uh, On behalf of our listeners, uh, I want to thank our guest today, Jeff McManus. He's the author of Growing Weeders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. I know that we all have learned a lot from you today, Jeff, and we congratulate you on the book. I encourage all my listeners to go get your own copy of the book, and you're going to love the examples that he gives. I'll bet a lot of the struggles he went through are going to sound familiar to you as well. So, Jeff, congratulations on the book. Uh, Many, many uh, best wishes and continued success in the future. And I'm encouraging everyone, go visit your work at the University of Mississippi. It is worth a trip. Thank you, Steve. Enjoyed being with you today.